Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 through 16 generally we are teaching and preaching in series but the Lord gave me a standalone word several weeks ago uh, that I am to unpack today provocative in its title but I believe we'll all arrive to where we need to be by the end of this sermon Matthew chapter 20 starting at verse 1 it reads for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard and after appearing or agreeing rather with the laborers for a denarius a day he sent them into the vineyard and going out about the third hour he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and to them he said you go into the vineyard <laughs> you go into the vineyard too and whatever is right I will give you so they went and going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour he did the same and at about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And uh, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages beginning with the last up to the first. And when those that were hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now those who were hired first, they thought they would receive more. But each of them would receive even more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have bore the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, am I, I, am I doing you wrong? I, I didn't do anything wrong to you. Did I not agree with you for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first. And the first will be last. For a few moments, we want to talk on this subject. Secure the bag. Secure the bag. Now, I'm sure we've heard uh, hip-hop culture take this term and use it profusely. Uh, you've heard, and I won't call any of their names, but you, you, you younger people, you know exactly who I'm talking about. You know the, the musicians. I, I, I like, the, we call rappers musicians. I, I appreciate that. 
it gives them a higher level of legitimacy. These musicians, uh, they, 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 have, they have rapped about securing the bag. And uh, it, is, it has become a phrase that has been coined by the present day culture. And so you hear everybody and their mama saying that it's time to secure the bag. It's time to secure the bag. So for those of us who, who may not be up in this uh, hip-hop vernacular, we have to go to the Urban Dictionary. So if you go to the Urban Dictionary, the Urban Dictionary uh, says that to secure the bag is an expression used to describe the act of taking, obtaining advantage of the situation and keeping something of value. So when we, when, we, when we secure the bag, we are, we are taking advantage or we are obtaining the advantage of a situation and we are keeping something of value. So when, so when we say securing the bag, it's, it, it's as if I'm, I, I got to go to work all this week because I got to secure the bag. I, I, I got to make some deals with a couple of people and I got to get some things in order because I have to secure the bag. I, I, I can't be hanging around people that, that, that are not about their business because I got too much stuff going on and I have to secure the bag. I have no problem. I have no problem with anybody securing the bag. Matter of fact, I want you to secure the bag. I will go as far as to say the Lord. Wait a minute wants you to secure the bag. But I have a few questions as we go into the exploration of this concept and even the text that will, uh, that will ensue. We have to ask ourselves, what bag are you securing? And how do you look to secure it? The scripture teaches us that if we store up treasures on earth, they will perish. But if we, in fact, store up treasures in heaven, they are imperishable. So while I, I believe every person in this room has the capacity to secure the bag, I want you to understand that while you may be looking at the dollars and the cents that are in your account, I believe there is a heavenly divine account that we need to be even more concerned about. Uh, there, there are going to be parallel uh, uh, principles that I'm going to share with you through the exploration of this text. But I need you to understand that every one of us has been called to do something great in our life. And it's not just about what you can count, but they're about things that cannot even be weighed, measured, or counted. Amen? So when we look at verses 1 and 2, we're in the text already. Uh, when we look at verses 1 and 2, we begin to see that Jesus begins to explain the concept, the ideology of the kingdom of God. And so he begins to say that the kingdom is like a, a master who, who has a vineyard and he goes out early in the morning and he gains uh, workers and he tells them, I'm going to give you a denarius uh, for your day's work. Now, the first thing that we must understand and why this is so important is because that's an extravagant amount of money to give somebody that's working in a vineyard for a day's labor. Let's deal with it for a second. Uh, 
in Roman times or in ancient biblical times, the average vineyard worker, so that means that you're going into the vineyard, you're plucking, plucking grapes or whatever uh, that master is growing, you're plucking them, you're putting them in your bag because every, every vineyard worker had a bag on their back and they would pluck and they would put in the bag and they would take their bag and they would dump it at the master's site or at the foreman's site to be collected, to be pressed out. And so they would have to do that all throughout the day. Now, the average vineyard worker only received a couple of mites a day. You will remember this term when we heard it, when Jesus was beginning, beginning to talk about a parable of the widow. Or he gives the example, rather, of a widow who comes and gives her last two mites in the offering plate. That is... Literally, one sixty-fourth of a denarius. So it would take 64 mites to equal one denarius. And the average vineyard worker at that time received five to ten mites per day. So the first thing we have to understand, I believe there's a prophetic utterance that needs to go forth here, that they came up six times because of the master's heart. So even before they went to the vineyard, even at 6 a.m., they were winning because he offered them a denarius for day's work. And just so that we can, we can parallel this with history, the, the average Roman soldier or the centurion, not, not, not a top-level soldier, but a centurion made a denarius a day. That's what the Roman government paid their military. And you know the military make money. Some of us look for somebody to marry in the military right now just because, I, you know, because they all right. They got them benefits that work okay, amen. You locked in. And so this is what Roman soldiers would make a day. And so this master says, I'm going to give you the same amount that a soldier makes a day. And when he gave them that word at 6 a.m., they was like, cool. I'm making six times what I would average make, well, what I would make on an average day. So they, they, they take the agreement without hesitation, and they walk into the field and start doing their work. Here's the equation I need you to deal with, and here's the, here's the prophetic utterance that I believe God is speaking now. The equation of every one of our calling in here, and even those that may be watching this, listen. It speaks of, one, your ability, but the Lord is going to add to your ability power. And then he's going to multiply your ability and his power, watch this, with generosity. And you will receive a divine manifestation. I'm going to say this again. Your ability plus the power of God multiplied by generosity is going to bring forth a divine manifestation. There are a few of you in here. You are, mm, I feel God. You are getting ready to walk into a season where it doesn't even make sense what you're earning. And only seven of us are going to get it. And that's okay because it's probably only seven of us that, that need that word anyway. Uh, but the reality is, is that God is getting ready to take somebody into a place to where I know what you would normally receive. But because I'm getting ready to add my power to your ability. 
And beyond that, I'm getting ready to breathe the spirit of generosity over you. You're getting ready to make more than what you thought you could ever make in this position. I, 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 okay, I, I declare it in the name of Jesus. Somebody going to email me. They're going to text me. They're going to tweet me. They're going to hit me up on Instagram and say what Bishop said came to pass. I declare that it's going to manifest for you because God is getting ready to multiply with generosity your ability and his power. And you're going to try to figure out why are they giving you this offer? It's going to be because of the generosity of God in this season of your life. God has to breathe power and generosity over his people so that they can break out of a mindset that would make them think they can receive no more than what they've already had. Okay, I'm going to say this one more time. God has to breathe power and generosity over his people so that they can understand that they can be brought out of a place that where they have always been. God has to allow us to understand lack so that we can be grateful and thankful. But on the other side of that lack, he has to allow us to experience generosity so that we can understand that now that I've been, now that I've been made prosperous, I have to be a blessing to those that are where I've been. Because I know what it feels like. This is why the heirs and heiress are not the only people that gain wealth. This is why God shifts the pendulum in people's lives. So that they can have an understanding of where they've been. And be a blessing to those where they've come from. Makes sense to anybody. Okay, maybe it's just me. But, but here, here, here's the idea. 6 a.m. He goes out. He calls workers. They come back. 9 a.m. He goes out, he calls workers, he brings them back. 12 noon, he goes out and he brings workers and he brings them back in. 3 p.m., he does it again. And then he does it at 6 p.m. The work day would end about 7. So he goes out at 6 p.m. and does the same thing. And he makes every one of them the same promise. He makes every one of them the same agreement. Now, what we must understand is, why in the world would he make the same agreement with everybody, even though they're coming in at different times. I know some of us are mad already. We're trying to figure out how you got the same thing I got, and I've been working longer. We're going to speak to that general pettiness in us, but we're going we, to deal with that pettiness in us, and we're going we to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But here's, here's, here's the overarching reality that I need you to hold firm to as we go through the remainder of this sermon. You were called... Not just to yield personal gain, but for the sake of, of corporate yield. You were called not just for the sake of personal gain, but corporate yield. I need you to understand this, people of God. God did not allow you the grace to do what you do just so that you can have what you have. I know, I know it's like, listen, you, well, if you want what I, what I have, go work for it. And I'm not mad at your ideology. But what I am telling you is, is that when we look at ourselves from a kingdom perspective, when we understand that we are not just an island unto ourselves, when we understand that God did not just put us here for me, mine, and no more, but he put us here for a kingdom concept. He put us in a church. He put us in a body. He put us among people so that we could work together. We could be with one another. I don't want to sound like a communist. I don't want to sound like a socialist. I just want to sound like somebody that represents the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I need you to understand that God didn't give you all of that just so you could say, look at all I got. 
He did not he did not he did not give you and he is not going to give you all that you have. And he's not going to let you amass all that you amass just for the sake of saying, look what I got. And too many times in the body of Christ, we have a nan, 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 nan spirit. And we tend to lord our prosperity over people that are less fortunate. But the reality is many times we're doing so because we are covering up a place in our life that we are more insecure with. And so if I use that as a smoke and mirror to deter people from looking at my vulnerable places... If I have enough Gucci, if I have enough bins, if I have enough bedrooms, if I, if, if, I, if I have enough stuff, then I can accumulate it and I can make it real good. If I, I can get the 28 inches, I can get the Brazilian wavy, if I can get this, that, and the other, and I can make up and, and, and beat up everything that's going on on the inside. So you're allured by the image. I can make you think I'm better than what I am. I can make over my insecurities. I can hide my frailties. It says, no, we were not put on this earth for that. We were put on this earth for corporate yield. So we have to ask ourselves, God, as you elevate me, as you increase me, as you give more to me, as you allow me to gain more, what do you want me to do with this for your kingdom? When now I get to the place to where I have to buy extra freezers and refrigerators, I have to begin to ask myself, who do else, beside the people in my house, do I need to feed? Come on, we're going to secure the bag today. When I, when I, when I get to the place to where, to where I can begin to save in such an access to where I don't concern myself with how I'm going to pay the bills from month to month, I have to ask myself, God, who are you calling me to save with my savings? Now, let, let me pause parenthetically and say this. Uh, uh, everybody's issue is not your emergency. Now, I'm not saying you, you, you have to save everybody, but I believe in the spirit of God that God has called every one of us to save somebody. And here's the reality. It will begin to prick your spirit hard. Come on, y'all talk back to me in here. God not asking you to do anything you don't have the capacity to do. I've sat in services, and the, and the man of God would begin to speak and say, uh, uh, the Lord is moving uh, to, to, to give $1,000. And I, I'm sitting there and oh, man, it's a lie. No, you just ain't got it. So clearly he's not talking to us. Oh, yeah, okay, amen. I have no pain. I have no pain if, if, if they get to saying some stuff that don't agree with my budget. Forget about agreeing with my spirit. We ain't even got to go that far. Let me check Wells Fargo. Oh, oh, he ain't talking to me. Okay, keep on going. Ooh, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Ooh, is it you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stop, stop trying to burden yourself with stuff that God didn't call you to do. Yes, he speaks in the assembly, but he speaks to those with capacity. And so sometimes we're ear hustling. I'm going to get out of there because I'm going to get in trouble. You, you need to respond to what God has called you to respond to. And you know God is calling you to respond when he has already built in you capacity to do it. And so after we get over the hump of capacity, then you just really need to ask yourself, do I have compassion? 
go get out of here. Because some of us, we have the capacity to do so, but we don't have the compassion. And then we wonder why things in other areas of our lives are not working. Because as we prepare to secure the bags in our life, we got to make sure that we are looking at the corporate yield. Because there may, while, while there may be this in your bag, there's probably something in somebody else's bag. That's for you. I I, I don't want to go ahead of myself, but you got to understand that when we begin to secure our bags, you got to know that everything in your bag is not for you. Some things that God is calling you to secure is for the sake of somebody connected to you. And if you get. Verses nine through 14, we view we view ourselves in various ways. But in verses 9 through 14, he goes back and forth and he keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going. And then when we get to verse 14, the day is over now. Day is done. Everybody has come in. He came in. We talked about the different times where he brought people in. And now the master says it's about 7 o'clock in the evening. And he says, call all the workers in. It's time to pay them what they're owed. Now watch this. The Bible says that the ones who came in at 6 o'clock, who only worked for an hour, are getting that same denarius. They, they, they're getting that same day's pay. And the people who came in at 6 a.m. begin to talk to themselves. The master ain't changed nothing. But they begin to say, shoo, wait a minute. You see how much he gave them? Oh, shoot. Well, if he gave them that much, I got to be getting way more. Notwithstanding the fact that you already made an agreement. Let me deal with this. How many of us have been mad at God for doing what he agreed to do when, he, when we see what he's doing for somebody else? Why are you mad? He giving you what he said he was going to give you? But here's the sad reality. You're beginning to view yourself as a product. And I know, I, I, I believe in branding. I, I, I believe in branding yourself and, and preparing yourself and getting your image right. And everybody need the image consultant, you know. You need to look in the mirror 17 times before you come out the door, you know. You need to check with somebody before you put on something. You need to read your post a couple of times, spell check it, all that. I, I, we got to do all this stuff, right? But when you begin to view yourself like a product, listen to me, you will have an inflated view. When you begin to look at yourself as a product, you will have an inflated view. Watch this. Products are subject to inflation. I, I promise I'm not going to turn into an econ class. But products are subject to inflation. And inflation is set according to supply and demand. Tabitha like, come on, PT. <laughs> the reality is, is that some of us, if we view ourselves as a product, we will only be hot as long as we hot. Okay, let me, okay, all right, all right let, me, let me deal with this quickly. There was a season, I'm talking to my preacher for a minute, there was a season when, 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 when I could have jumped into the youth pastor circle. 
And I could have been a youth pastor preaching at every revival, at every church, and, and doing this and doing that. And if I treated myself as a product, I probably wouldn't be pastor this church for 15 years now. Because I now allow myself to be bought and sold to the highest bidder. But the reality about that is, is that after a while, I'm going to get older. My steps going to get slower. I'm going to run out of revelation. I'm, I'm, I'm going to become old news. You're going to become old news, family. If you present yourself only as a product, let me talk to the ladies for a second. If you present yourself only as a product and the only thing that they find valuable in you is how you appear. When time and gravity take its course. Oh my God. They will find another product. Let's talk in this culture, even today, even in the volatile society that we have, the volatile uh, 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 financial landscape that we have, there are certain things that are above that. Watch this. If you study gold, while gold can be looked at as an asset, it can be looked at as a commodity, currency, or collectible, it is an asset that is fixed in its value, and it can only appreciate. Don't miss this. Gold is not a product. It's an asset that's fixed, and it only accumulates in its value. And to many of us, we allow ourselves to be a simple product that can be made by people. Not a mineral, not, not a God-given material that cannot be produced by man. Because anything that can't be produced can't lose value. That's why land. Because it was made by the hands of God. And many of us, we will settle for living a life that we make. Rather than living the life that God made. Because if you live in the land, the, the life that God made, it will become an asset that will always appreciate. That's why I don't worry about people giving me a name. And I'll settle for the name that God gave me. Because if I rest in the name that God gave me, then I will begin to see a life that will steadily, continually appreciate in value. Don't let people puff you up. Don't let people put this stuff in your head. Because I'm sure they were in that line like, shoot. I know we're going to get more money than that. You see that? Oh, man, we've been here since 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, it's about to go down. I can't even, I can't, I don't even know what I'm going to do with all this money. Oh, my goodness. I'm, ooh, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But Romans chapter 12, verse 13 says that we ought not think of ourselves more highly. Than we ought. Because when we do that, we deceive ourselves. And many of us, we cannot live in the provision of the Lord because we are living in the deception of the world. Because if we really begin to count up what we have, we will begin to learn that we are more blessed than what we consider. 
Because many times we look at our blessings according to our Instagram timeline. Not according to our lifetime line. Come on. I wish you could look at your life like you look at your feed. I wish, I wish you could go back to when your mama had you. And the house y'all used to live in. And the, and the issues you used to go through. And the fights you had to go through to get to school. And the addictions that you had to fight through. And the pain that you had to fight through. And when you wake up and look at where you're living right now. When you wake up and look at what you have right now. I, I believe there are at least five people in here. That say when I look back over my life. And I think things over. I can truly say that I. I'm going to leave you. I promise I'm going to leave you. But some of y'all are forsaking your bag because you're looking at somebody else's. Deacon Mike, he testified to me this morning after briefing. He said, he called me to the corner. He said, Bishop, I got to tell you something. He said, man, I seen somebody that had the same brain injury that I had. They younger than me, but they in a wheelchair and can't walk. So when I realized that I got the faculties... Oh my God. I begin to look at my bag and say, God, you brought me. For some secure the bag. Listen, you got to you. My question is, before we secure it, my question is, when was the last time you actually checked your bag? When was the last time you actually sat down and took survey? Of how good God has been to you. When was the last time you sat back and asked yourself. Why am I not with cancer? Why do I not have AIDS? Why am I? When was the last time you checked your bag? I'm a. So verse 15, I'm out of your way. Verse 15 says, says that they began to be indignant with the landowner, the master. They said, wait a minute. We've been working since 6 a.m. And you got the nerve to give them the same thing that you gave us? And he begins to check him and said, wait a minute. How you telling me what to do with my money? How you telling me who to bless and not to bless. We have to grab a hold to this reality. We must stop making God petty like we're petty. See, we want God to only bless who we like. We want God to move for the people that are in right relationship with us. Now, here's the reality. God can bless somebody that you pissed off with. And you got to figure out how to handle that. I'm not putting that on God. And I'm not putting it on other people. I'm telling you with your fake mature self. You want to talk about how spiritually mature you are? Figure out how to reconcile somebody that's blessed that's not your boo. 
We expect God to act petty like us. His love and generosity is based only on his supply. Our pettiness is based on our personal hurt and lack. How I feel hurt, where I lack, that's where I, that's where I sanction the blessings of the Lord. But I'm going to set somebody free in here. Because some of us, our pettiness has been the thing that has stopped us from securing our bag. But you're about to be set free from pettiness in the name of Jesus. And you're going to say, God, whoever you want to bless, bless him. <laughs> because I know if you're blessing dispassionately, you're going to bless me too. And sometimes us stopping somebody else from being blessed is stopping the next blessing that's supposed to come our way. Y'all didn't hear me because the organ was too loud. Don't play the organ, Rodney. Let me say it again quietly and with less emotion. When you're blocking somebody's blessing, not only are you stopping them from being blessed, but you're stopping God from putting the next thing in your bag. So now I'm spending my, my season being petty because of what has happened. And I see, come on, and I, I, I need somebody to be very honest with me because I know everybody won't be honest, but, but most of us in the church, hallelujah, we, we worship long enough to be honest. Uh, some of our lowest seasons, some of our least blessed seasons were some of our pettiest seasons. We, we don't see true prosperity in pettiness because most of what we gain is from our own hands. And it's very temporal. And we see God take it away from us because we're operating in pettiness. But here's where we transition. When we get to the space to where we say, wait a minute. When it was 6 a.m., I was already winning. Because if I just was paid the value of my work, I only was going to get five shekels. But I got a whole denarius. Why? Because I serve a generous God. And so now that the generous God that I serve is ready to bless somebody else, instead of being mad at them because of when they got it, I'm going to celebrate them. Oh, my God. Can, can, can I make an allusion to the text as I leave you? The allusion to the text is this. Because he says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. I'm leaving you now. I believe one of the reasons why the master did it this way, because he wanted to determine who he was going to hire tomorrow. I wasn't just hiring for today. I was trying to find me a new staff. And this is why he ends the statement by saying this. Don't worry about it. I'm glad you got your attitude. Take what you, what, what I owed you and go. Because tomorrow, the last will be first. And I don't know who I'm talking to as I leave you today. But keep your mouth off of everybody else's blessing. Close your mouth and do the work God called you to do. Because there's a bag you got to secure. 
And if you put your mouth on people, huh, you may be speaking yourself out of your next season. Huh? And so this is why he says the folk that I hired first, they're going to be last. But the folk that I hired last, because they showed me gratitude, because they were thankful, because they appreciated it, they'll be the first people I hire tomorrow. Is there anybody in here that says, I got to secure my bag, but I got to do it with gratitude. I got to do it with humility. I got to do it with grace. I got to take my mouth off people. I got to start walking in kindness I gotta start walking in forgiveness because while I may be first today if I act nasty I could be last tomorrow is there anybody in here that says I'm about to secure my bag I'm about to text somebody tell them I'm sorry I'm about to repent to somebody because I've been nasty and I didn't even realize that if it had not been for the Lord who was gracious to me I wouldn't even have what I have so I'm going to forgive that's the whole revelation he said listen I need you to catch this okay watch this he only told one group of people to go those were the ones that were mad that they got what they were owed Okay, you go away. Because guess what? The last are going to be first. Here's the divine proclamation I come to give you today. God is getting ready. Listen, I feel this so strong. He's getting ready to turn the tides in various spaces. Mm, I feel this, Kena. There have been people that have walked in arrogance. Walked in conceitedness. And I hear God saying, I'm getting ready to turn the tide to the degree that although you thought you were last on the totem pole, I'm getting ready to shift everything so that you become first. Can we illustrate this and go home? Deacon Mike, Brother Curtis, Pastor, Elder, come, 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 come here quick. I need you to see this because I need you to understand what God is doing. I, I feel this heavy in my spirit. Deacon Mike, you first because you're the man. You tight. Face that way. Brother Curtis, you're here like every other day, man. You walk around with a championship ring, man. Come on. I don't even know, you know, come on, come on. You just, you, God bless you, Brother Curtis. Got a salmon shirt on, man. You, you, you all right. Come on. Right here. Come on. Right here. Now, Kena has a choice to make. Brother Pastor can be petty and say, I can't stand Mike. Because Mike is all the way in front. I don't have a perspective Mike got. I can't, I can't even see what Mike see. Or he can say, hey, I'm going to go where Mike lead. I'm up in here. And it's going to be what it is. Because, I, you know, I just believe God. Watch this. I'm just glad I'm in line and I'm not sitting down. Thank you for the job, God. 
Thank you. I'm on the team. I appreciate you. And slowly but surely, God will begin to do something amazing. He'll say, okay, Kina, your turn. Your turn. Your turn. Your turn. And I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but I hear the Lord saying, your turn. Not just your turn, but your turn. I don't know where you started, but if you started in the back like me and Kena, you ought to start shouting right now, cause it's about to be your, cause I used to be first. I used to be last, but now I'm first. Is there anybody in here that says I'ma play my position? I'ma secure my bag, because if God be God, he knows how to turn. It don't matter where you start. It just matter where you finish. Is there anybody in here that says, I believe God's going to turn this thing. I'm going to just stay in the back. I'm going to just do my work. I ain't going to complain. I ain't going to worry because he's able. Thank you, thank you. I don't know who is here, but I need you to hear that he's about to. <sighs> Tell somebody your turn. Now here's the interesting thing. Here's how we secure the bag. Here's how we secure the bag. You got to be in the back with a front mentality. You got to be the last with a first grind. You can't be the last and late. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to say it again, right? You can't be last and late. If you're going to be last, you better. Because I had a feeling in, the, in like in the next 17 days, God is getting ready to say your turn. And so watch what you to put your mouth on. Because I feel like God's getting ready to turn the tables. And the folk who said, well, if I was them, I could do this. I hear God say, oh, oh really? Let's see. You want this spot? You want these keys? You want this headache? You want this break? You want that position? You want that raise? You want that house? You want that car? You want that marriage? Your turn. And so wherever you are, you better set your mind to the fact that if God be God, he can turn this whole thing around in a moment's notice. I can't go to the nuances of the text, but the guy said, listen, we still here at 6 p.m. because nobody hired us. It's not that we didn't want to get hired. Nobody hired us. So he brought them in, and the people who were there from 6 a.m., they were mad because they got paid the same, but then they don't have job security. Be grateful. Stay in your position. Stay in your place. 
because I hear God getting ready to shift. He's been ready to turn some tables. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even testify yet of all the things that God is doing. I can't imagine, I, you, you can't imagine how long I felt like I was at the back of the line. The back of the line. But different projects that God has put me on right now. Watch this. From the city's mouth, you first in line. My line. No, you play your position. Secure your bag. Understand that everything that God gives you is not for you. He's called you to be a blessing to others. He's called you to move in circles that you feel like sometimes you don't even like. Because it's not about your likes. It's about what he wants to do through your life. So, Father, I lift up to you, my brothers and my sisters. Ultimately. Ultimately. As we live the lives that are pleasing to you. Your word says that men will see our good works and they will glorify you. And that glory will allow them to see you and build relationship with you through the work we do. And so ultimately, let us, let us come to the understanding, Father, that it's not just about carnal things that we want to secure. But ultimately, we want to do our work so that souls can be secure in the kingdom. So as we walk in blessing, as we walk in prosperity, as we walk in grace, people will ask us, who prospered you? Who blessed you? Who graced you? And let us have a heart to say, it was God. And if he did it for me, hallelujah, he can do it for you too. God, allow us to secure your bag. Ultimately, not just concerning ourselves with what we can have, what we can accumulate on this life, in this life, on this earth, but allow us to know that everything you do in our life is ultimately for your glory. And so, Father, change our mindset. Let us go into this new month with a brand new mindset. Father God, we rebuke every spirit of pettiness on the inside of us. Every spirit of lack, every spirit of pain and hurt, Father God. Give us healing. Give us genuine, deep, real healing. So that we can be loving and caring to everybody. God, we rebuke that spirit within us that causes us to immediately think of a negative response rather than a positive one. We receive your grace to secure every bag you've called us to. And it is so. In Jesus' name, amen.